Welcome to the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. This podcast is about America's most visited national park, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and the surrounding towns. This area is filled with ancient natural beauty, a deep storied history, and rich mountain cultures that we explore with weekly episodes. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, a man of the world, but also with deep roots in these mountains. My family has lived in the Great Smokies for over 200 years. My business is in travel, but my heart is in culture. Today, we're going to talk about traditional Cherokee crafts and an iconic craft store. But first, I got a few little sponsor message events and things coming up. Imagine a place evocative of motor courts of the past, yet modern and vibrant with a chic Appalachian feel. A place for adventuring, for relaxation. Imagine a place where you can fish in a mountain heritage trout stream. Grill the catch on a fire and eat accompanied by fine wines or craft beers. Imagine a place of old-time music and world cultural sounds. There is no other place like the Meadowlark Motel in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. Your Smoky Mountain adventures start with where you stay. The Smoky Mountains and surrounding areas are vacation destination for all seasons. Some of the nation's best hiking trails, waterfalls, outdoor adventures, and family entertainment can be found right here. Start your adventure by using SmokiesAdventure.com. That's Smokies, plural, AdventureSingular.com to explore all the wonderful features of the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Trails, waterfalls, Kale Cates Cove, and more. Then check out all the awesome family attractions and entertainment your, new time, your entire family can enjoy. Or find out where to have weddings in the, in the mountains or to go on a honeymoon and having a romantic adventure. The goal of Smokey's Adventure is to become the leading information forward portal for adventures and experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains. So upcoming events. Uh, Mount Meadowlark Motel has, has a, a heritage center called the Meadowlark Smoky Mountain Heritage Center. And it has a, has a heritage book series where you get presentation on heritage books about the Smokies. The upcoming one is a presentation on the legendary hunters of the Southern Highlands, a century of sport and survival of the Great Smoky Mountains. From the heyday of the Cherokee Nation and on through the 20th century, the Great Smokies Mountains have nurtured some of the most celebrated hunters in American history, predicting changes in weather and almost telepathically sensing animal behavior. These outdoor doorsmen were linked in inextricably with the land that sustained them. Local author and general manager of the Meadowlark Smoky Mountain Heritage Center uh, lovely, will lovingly recall the tales rife with characters like Honest John, the bear whose habit of killing only enough livestock to eat at one sitting granted him a reputation that once chivalrous and menacing. And little George Plot, a legendary marksman during World War II uh, and a hero that linger among the region's hardwood forests and misty foothills. Rediscover an era of self-sufficient mountain living when folks labored in logging camps, brewed moonshine, and hunted for survival, and fought with that for what they believed in. It's on April 9th, Saturday, April 9th at 4 p.m. And it's followed by a book signing by Bob Plott, then a barbecue and a music, uh, acoustic music at the Metal Ark Motel. Uh, guests and Heritage Club members are getting free, and others can come for ten, just $10 a person. Again, that's April 9th at 4 p.m. at the Middle Ark Motel. Upcoming in April also is a fly fishing camp. 
Um, it's all, the Meadowlark Motel is offering a fly fishing camp weekend on April 15th to the 17th in the Smoky Mountains. Our goal is to bring like-minded people together through fly, fly fishing, food, drinks, songs, and stories in a campfire. Uh, led by Charles Humphrey III, who was previously on this uh, podcast, who is not only a Grammy award-winning uh, songwriter who, who might uh, might be persuaded to break into a few songs around the campfire, but he's also an accomplished, an expert fly fishing guide, and he has a compadre, uh, com- a few compadres that are also great uh, fly fishing experts. So there'll be a Friday night uh, fishing tales uh, presentation. There'll be some food, there'll be lodging. Uh, Saturday night, there'll be breakfast, and there'll be a half a day of instruction and four or five hours of intense fishing. Plus, there'll be additional fishing just in our, our, we have a mountain heritage stream in the backyard. There'll be a barbecue dinner, live musical entertainment, campfires, and lodging. So call 828-926-1717 to find out more about this fantastic weekend. Now, I, I like to try to tie in a little bit of story or poetry or something into the guest uh, content uh, that's coming up. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk about the, the Cherokee's origin story for the Smoky Mountains. According to legend, a long time ago, before selfishness came into the world, the Cherokee people were happy sharing the hunting and fishing places with their neighbors. All this changed when selfishness came in the world and man began to quarrel. The Cherokee Indian quarreled with tribes on the east. Finally, the chiefs of several tribes met in council to try to settle the dispute. They smoked the pipe and continued to quarrel for seven days and seven nights. This displeased the Great Spirit because people are not supposed to smoke the the pipe until they make peace. As he looked upon the old men with heads bowed, He decided to do something to remind people to smoke the pipe only at the time they make peace. The great spirit turned the old men into these grayish flowers now called Indian pipes. And he made them grow where friends and relatives had quarreled. He made the smoke hang over these mountains until all the people all over the world learned to live together in peace. So a man who knows a little bit about the, the Cherokee and the stories and the and the folklore and the traditions is is a guy named Ed Sharp. Ed, he's the guest tonight. Ed Sharp grew up in Swain County and is a graduate of Swain County High School and Warren Wilson College. After a 25-year career as a musician, songwriter, and sound engineer in Nashville, Tennessee, Ed and his wife moved back to Swain County in 2018 and took over the renowned Medicine Man craft shop in Cherokee, North Carolina. The business, founded by Tom Underwood in 1963, and later sold to Kay Sharp, Ed's late mother, is one of the oldest and most prestigious purveyors of authentic Cherokee crafts on the Kualea boundary. Hello, Ed, how are you doing? Hi, doing good, Joseph, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, sure thing. So, you know, we, uh, we uh, there's a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, your story is a little bit reminiscent of what I'm doing. You know, I grew up in the Maggie Valley, right, and lived, and my parents ran a, a motel, you know, a traditional motel in Maggie Valley, starting in the early 70s, uh, and I grew up there, and then I went off for a career, and I still have that uh, career because I got a business, 
but I came back and I've uh, took over the motel in 2018 and uh, have been renovating along with my wife uh, and, you know, and uh, putting in a lot of things like adventures and uh, events and stuff like that we're doing. So we, we don't have a far dissimilar path. Uh, you, were, you were in music. I was a little bit in the arts, but I'm mostly a computer and a marketing guy now. But uh, so, and, you know, my family, um, you know, while my, we're originally from this area, they did go off for a little while, then came back in uh, around 66, 68, something like that, to the, after about three or four years away. So you, your family came back, came into Swain County in 1966, right? That's right. Yeah. And, and where did you originally come from? We were originally from Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh -huh. And uh, my dad ended up uh, going to seminary in New Orleans. So I spent my preschool years uh, in New Orleans, Louisiana. And cool. uh, it's a funny story because my, back in 1958, my dad and mom uh, were married and they honeymooned in Cherokee, North Carolina. And uh, uh, there's the story that dad saw an old shack on the side of the road and he said, man, I'd love to live here. I, if I could, I would live in that little dilapidated shack. <laughs> and uh, as fate would have it, uh, when he graduated seminary in New Orleans, 66, uh, they placed him uh, at Cherokee Baptist Church in the center of Cherokee. And believe it or not, they put him in a house directly across the road from that little shack. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, that's a great story. looking at wow. little shack. Yeah, I love that story. So I and think then, it was meant for my family to be here. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, your mom was K Sharp. She in that same year she started working for the Medicine Man Crafts, right? Then or soon after, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now Tom Underwood is a fairly famous guy in these parts. He was the founder of the business, uh, but he was a he was a pretty interesting character. And his father was a, a sort of a, a well known guy. He was a principal of the school there and was highly regarded by the tribe, almost an ordinary tribe member, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah. And then Tom was was instrumental in getting the outdoor drama onto these hills as well as the kind of lefty Indian village started in the late 50s and early 60s. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And what do you know about that story? Yeah, that sounds interesting to me. You know, I don't know a whole lot about his time there. It was before my time, but uh, uh, he grew up, as you said, his dad was a teacher, a prominent teacher in the area. So he grew up with uh, the Cherokee people and friends and peers. And so I think his experience at uh, the outdoor drama and the village, especially, uh, he really got to know them as crafters and their work and uh probably the business side of things you know so eventually opened his own business which yeah. was uh naturally incorporated with the craftsman so yeah so he, i guess he got a lot of trust with the craftsman because getting them to give you their wares to sell is not the easiest yeah job. i think so i think he was just connected that way through his experience yeah. So he started both the craft, the craft store and a motel at the time, right? 
Um, he did not have the motel, but they oh, were okay. connected. They were, yeah, they were connected. He was on the ground floor of the motel there. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Yeah, of course, you know, I'm, 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 I'm always intrigued by motels and what they did back in the day, right? So, yeah. Yeah, there's some interesting ones around Cherokee, too, as you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, there's interest. All these mountains have all these... Uh, motels and they're starting to be uh you know there's starting to be a number of them are renovated and becoming interesting again right just like the metal art yeah love that yeah yeah all right so we got to take a break um and then we'll we'll come back and find out more about uh the history of your uh, medicine man craft uh, uh crafts uh, store Howdy, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast, and my guest, Ed Sharp. So, Ed, I guess, you know, uh, growing up, your mom working and you, you know, um, getting to meet and know a uh, man like Tom Underwood, he, you know, he, he had probably a good, quite an influence on you and your mother, right? He did, yeah. He really became part of our family. Did he set the tone of the shop? You know why? Why it's so uh, so um, well known today is is you know that authentic uh, Cherokee cultural artifacts. He he certainly did. Yeah, his his relationships with the the local people and uh, the tribal members, you know, and all their wares. Uh, it was fascinating as a, a young kid to see all that. Do you have you know? I guess. Uh, you know, like 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 me, I, you grow up. You know, when your parents are involved in the business, you grow up in the business, right? You have you have some really great, wonderful, uh, culturally rich memories of that time. <coughs> I do uh, with a lot of the art. Uh, for a long time, uh, we had a, a piece by John Wilnody called "The Eagle Dancer." I don't know if you ever saw that, but it was a a statue type wood carving uh, that was just beautifully done and in a case there and it kind of became the icon of the medicine man that piece so I remember that well and aside from that uh, a lot of playing in the river out back after school <laughs> oh, what, what river was that do you remember the O'Connell Lefty runs right the behind the shop all right yeah. great yeah through many a stone <laughs> so did you work at the did you work in the, the shop as a boy i did not but i was around it a lot i'm sure yeah. my mom had me doing uh some jobs here and there but uh, yeah yeah really uh, <laughs> well, I, I i i you know i i had to clean rooms yeah so um so you know the business, uh, uh, you know, it, you know, I have some memory of of it, and you know, even more recent. You know, I mean, I've gone to the museum many times, and you're right near there. Um, and it's you know, it's not like one of those tourist traps, right? It has trinkets from you know overseas and rubber tomahawks, and yeah. You know, while there's always a place for that in the world, it's. Uh, 
it's not for people that want to get in, into the real authentic Cherokee craftsmen's. Um, can you um, elaborate a bit on your commitment and, and the difference from that? How how you achieve that sort of authenticity? Yeah, so that's that's been the focus of the medicine man for years, and it, it's all in the relationships with these crafters uh, that have known the medicine man for years and generations. You know, so. Uh, that was really one of my biggest goals when I took over a few years ago was to maintain those relationships. Uh, some of the people I knew, uh, even from childhood, and others I would meet uh, and had met through mom. So, uh, yeah, I took a great care to keep those relationships going with uh, the local people and the local crafters. Wow. Well, you know, it's 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 interesting that you um, you came back. You know, I was, uh, you know, you 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 left for a while. You went to college, and then you got into a musical career uh, in Nashville. Tell me about that. What what were you doing? Yeah, well, I uh, I went to Warren Wilson, which is right outside of Asheville, uh, and studied music. Uh, composition and voice. I was a singer, so I was a voice major as well. And, now, is uh, it, is it, is it Warren, Warren Wilson is sort of an interesting school, right? It's got, uh, it's got like, uh, you have to work on projects around the school. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. They have a work program. Uh, there's a few other schools in the country that way, but if you stay on campus, uh, you work for your room and board. And, wow. Uh, Everyone works 15 hours. I was lucky enough to work in the music library, which is very beneficial. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I, and I eventually moved to Nashville and pursued music. I did a, a lot of songwriting and a lot of writer's nights and writer's rounds, played the, the Broken Spoke and the Bluebird and that whole thing while working odd jobs, you know, waiting tables. Uh, but eventually I needed to pay the bills, so I, I got into uh, sound engineering, which I'm uh, very much into as well. You found a passion in sound engineering, right? Um, yeah. Who'd you get to work with? Who'd you get to work with? You got any name dropping you can do? <laughs> oh, man. Well, I was in the, the heart of the country music scene, so I met and worked with a lot of people. Uh, I had gone to to recording engineering school briefly to get my certification and they uh, placed me in a jingle uh, studio, which was a national jingle studio. They did a lot. They worked with a lot of people and my first month there, I think Dolly Parton was recording her uh, stuff for Dollywood. So I met her right away and fell in love like everyone does. <laughs> and just uh, through that experience, they were connected with contemporary Christian and country. So I, I met, you know, worked with Amy Grant, Michael W. And, and uh, uh, an odd one was Martin Sheen. I'm a big Apocalypse Now fan. I got to meet Martin Sheen. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. From there, uh, after that experience, I, I moved into live sound, which I fell in love with, and worked for Opryland Productions, which has the Grand Ole Opry and the Hotel and the Ryman. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of 
met a lot of my heroes there, uh-huh. you know, Merle, Loretta, and Tanya, and all those, all those people. A lot of fun. Oh, that's great. You know, Dolly Parton is actually, I've never met her, but she's a cousin of mine. She uh, actually uh, used to come up in the Fines Creek area and, and, and drive my great-grandfather down to the grocery store is what people told me. I never never got to see her and uh, got to know her, but uh, it's kind of nice, nice to know there's a, a cousin like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a sweetheart, too. Yeah. She's, oh, she's a, she's a, uh, She's a treasure, a United States treasure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. She does everything right every time, just about. Um, and I ended up working uh, with Brenda Lee, if you're familiar <laughs> with her, that did Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Right, and yeah. Sweetheart, just a beautiful, beautiful lady. And so I was her sound guy for over 10 years. You know, she retired right. just a few years so you have this wonderfully successful sound engineering career, getting to you know interact with all your idols, and uh, you decide to come back to Swain County and take over the shop. Uh, what 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 was the inspiration for that? Was it a shack across from a church? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it just the time was worked out. Uh, you know, COVID came along, so all the gigs and the touring kind of dried up. And uh, my wife and I were both wanted to be closer to our family, uh, our parents. You know, uh, uh, her parents live close by as well. Our homes are like two miles apart here. And so it just felt right. And mom was ready to retire and asked me if I'd be interested. And I said, yeah, I think I would. And I absolutely love that store, you know, grew up with it. And uh, I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> How hard was it for you to take back, take it over? Did well, you I tell it? you, there's two ladies that have been there for over 20 years. Uh-huh. Thank goodness for them. I, you know, I couldn't have done it without them. They pretty much trained me. <laughs> uh, Judy and Faye are still there uh, right now today. And uh, with their help, you know, and uh, my mom, you know, I had a couple of years of her coaching me. I got got back into it, but I really do love it. I'm passionate about it now. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you, your, your mom died in 20, which I'm sorry about. My mom died in 21. Yeah. So it's like we sort of have this this sort of uh, trajectory here. <laughs> you know. a, lot, a lot in common. Yeah, a lot of common, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to make million dollar uh, successes out of these businesses. So, you know, you better hold up your end of that. All right. (laughs) Challenge on. All right. (laughs) So, you know, um, running this kind of business, you, um, you, you really had to get, you had to really take over the relationships with the craftspeople. How did you do that? Uh, just talking and, you know, I, I had some connections cause I've been in and out of Cherokee my whole life. And I had some friends from when I went to school here, you know, so a lot of people uh, in Cherokee are, are related family wise, you know? And so, yeah, just every day people coming in and, uh, making friends and, uh, they, they knew who I am. A lot of them and uh building those relationships yeah which did, 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 
did the old timers, the community, did the people of the community accept you back pretty much with open arms? You know, and uh, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, it was very loving environment, always has been, and and that's a testament to my mom too. You know, she wanted that shop to be a place where people could just come hang out and and feel the love. <laughs> Now you have a pretty good location, right? It's right across from the, that wonderful uh, Cherokee Museum, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, we're in the historical district there, kind of set apart from all the other shops. Really, we're we're in a little shopping center by ourselves. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kind of a unique place, but it's always been there, so people know it well. You know. So how did you get there? How did you get that location? Well, I mean, it's from the very start. Uh, right. Tom, when Tom opened it, it was connected to right next door. And in 82, they had a fire, uh, which was very tragic because the whole place burnt. And right. they started from ground zero at that point uh, next to the Drama, Drama Inn Motel. And right. uh, the building we're in now was an old laundromat that Tom owned. And uh, they refurbished it into so that the craft shop could have space there. And that was, you, you were predated the museum and the other nice craft stores, right? Really? Yeah. 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 That's great. All right. We have to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about, you know, the products and the things that you sell and the interesting uh, adventures people might have with your store. This is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. I'm my guest, Ed Sharp. So, Ed, you know, I, I took a look at your site. And, you know, there's a lot of things you sell, uh, your website. And I noticed that uh, you have a lot of books. Is that a, is that a big uh, area of your uh, your of your your uh, sales? Yeah, we do carry a lot of books uh, on Cherokee history and language, and uh, as well as herbs. Uh, the herbals, ceremonial and medicinal, have been a big part of our business. So, now you, uh, yeah, education was a big part. I noticed that. I noticed that both Tom Underwood you had some titles, and you had some titles in there. What, what kind of uh, books did uh, did Tom write? Uh, Tom wrote informative books about Cherokee, uh, you know, stories as well as uh, just crafting that kind of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. And my dad actually. Oh, it was your dad who wrote the books? My dad's books. Uh, I'm a junior, so it, with, oh, he worked okay. uh, with Tom closely on writing and, yeah. They had a business called Cherokee Publications, and uh, oh, really? a lot of theirs as well as others that are still out there. Yeah. Wow, that must and be pretty nice to read your the words of your dad, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Do you still maintain still that public? Do you still maintain that publishing company? I uh, know it was sold a, uh, a decade or so ago, uh, just before my dad passed. So. Uh, mm -hmm. Still around Cherokee Publications. Yeah. 
Do you know what is the most? What's the what's the best selling book in your store? Oh wow, that, that's a difficult one. We sell a lot of language books. There's a Cherokee dictionary uh, that's very popular, you know, as well as uh, genealogy type stuff. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now you mentioned herbal stuff. What kind of herbal things do you do? Yeah, that's become a big part of our business. It was always there, but I'm really been expanding on it since I've been there. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of medicinal herbs with tinctures and dried teas, soaps and salves. And then we have another section that's ceremonial that goes back to the ancient Cherokee traditions and Native American uh, sage and lavender and sweet grass and that type thing. Wow. And um, you, you carry them in the store so people can just come there and get them? Yeah. We do. Yeah. You don't know what see. Do you, do, you, um, do you source them locally? Uh, not everything. Some things we do. We have a lot of yellow root that's harvested locally. And our main herbalist does harvest a lot of her stuff uh, for the tinctures and, and teas and that kind of thing. Teas, so, yeah. are pretty, teas are a pretty big thing now, right? What's that? Are teas a pretty big uh, item? They usually are. Yeah. Yeah. What's a what's a good Cherokee tea? What's a good tea that you, that, that people like? Well, uh, we have some blends that are real good. You know, uh, green tea is a big thing, but people will come for they may have certain ailments, or they'll come for something for digestion or something for joint pain. You know, and so a lot of these teas and th salves are old old medicinal recipes you know from from the pioneers really plant plant medicine right well you know the the scotch irish settlers came in and uh they had a tradition of herbalism too and they but they they changed it all based upon uh here but based upon the cherokee uh traditions right <laughs> so yeah. i mean I, I think that's very interesting there was this cross-cultural uh tradition exchange of uh information that uh, really made the Smoky Mountains one of the top uh, areas for herbal and uh, and and uh, natural remedies I think um, of course the old story yeah. goes none of it, not, the old story is that none of it works unless you have a shot of moonshine with it <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, yeah <laughs> Well, surprise, surprise, you know, aside from the herbals and the teas and the books, you have a lot of crafts there, right? What are some of the most popular craft categories? Yeah, we sell a, a lot of baskets and pottery that are locally made, you know, uh, wood and stone carvings, uh, a lot of those, as well as weaponry stuff like old blowguns and bows and tomahawks that kind of thing uh we have a lot of musical stuff that's handcrafted too flutes and rattles yeah and who are who uh, and who are some of your top artists uh well we have a lot we have some young people kevin waddy uh jody bradley is a fantastic painter as well as lola swimmer who paints on uh, feathers 
very popular. You know, uh, we have pottery uh, from the great Amanda Swimmer's family. Uh, her children, Don Swimmer and Melvina Swimmer, will bring in uh, traditional pottery as it's been made for years and years, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, a lot of generations down from some of the greats. Uh, John Wilnutty, of course, was a, a great one. And recently we lost Fred, his son, who, who was a fantastic stone carver. We have a lot of his work. And, uh, and his son, the third generation, uh, Freddie, Freddie Bear, we call him. Wow. Yeah, stove carving, you know, is, is a tremendous, um, you know, um, skill, you know, my, uh, and not just, not just the carving, but actually doing things like just building beautiful stone walls. My, my father, you know, was high in, had a high construction company here for a long time in the mountains. And he would work with the Cherokee Indian stonemasons because uh, oh, they, yeah. had, they had, had had their own tradition uh, for a long time of doing stone work. And then, you know, when the, when the, 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 uh, the Appalachian trail came through and the park and the parkways and all that, you know, the, the state and the government brought in Italian stone masons to do a lot of that. Right. And so then the <laughs> Cherokee Indians worked with them and they gained, so they also not only had their own tradition, they gained the experience of working with European traditions of stone masonry. So they've become some of the best in the world. And, you know, I think yeah. it's fascinating to look at these rock walls and you see each one of them has a little signature in there, like a diamond or a turtle or, or an arrowhead, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You find I, I, yeah I love looking at that stuff. There's some fantastic stonework in this area. Yeah. <clears throat> sure. No, it's, 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 it's pretty cool. Now, the pottery, you know, um, do they, do you have, carry the, what is it, the, the wedding? pot the wedding pots the ones with the two handles the two spouts that uh, that the, and then at the end they they break it to carry those yeah yeah that's it very traditional piece well you base. know it's it's kind of interesting but there's a the same tradition in jewish uh weddings i, I mean I, I think it's fascinating i don't know how that happened to have this uh, similar traditions and they break it at the end the same way right yeah <laughs> go figure <laughs> you know, I, 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 I actually, I actually went out and saw a video your mother had put together. I think it was from, you know, for, for, maybe it was your mother. I think it was your mother, but, uh, and she was talking about that sort of thing. I thought it was a very interesting, uh, uh video from like 2012, you know, and then you have oh, those, right. yeah. and you have those baskets that come that, you know, there, there, you have these baskets that, like, like they have to take very large trees and shave them, or something like that. Yes, yeah. The, the what white are those oak, called? Yeah. White oak baskets. Yeah. Yeah. A river cane baskets, uh, white oak, and and then honeysuckle. A lot of people do work with honeysuckle vine, but that's oh, the wow. work. That's a lot of hard work. Oh my gosh! I mean, that's. That's that's an incredible amount of work, and but you know, but uh, yeah, I think that there's some of the most highly sought after sought after, sought after baskets in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah beautiful. Cool. Now, I'm I'm a particular fan of masks. You know, I went to I've been to a few places in the world, and um, 
and seen some tre tremendous masks and I, I've collected a few, but the Cherokee masks are, you know, are stunning. I mean, the, the, uh, the features in a lot of these masks are haunting, right? Um, they're yes. so well crafted. I mean, they're, they're, um, uh, uh, they're both a caricature and a human face at the same time. And uh, yes. I really don't know how, how they capture that, right? And then they use all these natural, you know, fibers and grasses and things like that, you know, to make them into, you know, who's your, tap, who's your top mask artist there now? Oh, wow. We have a, a gentleman named Richard Owl, who's mm. fantastic. Uh, he, he does a, a lot of mask work. There's the booger mask, you know, and the medicine masks that are traditional uh but i'm with you i'm i've always been fascinated with that and since i've been back here i've learned a lot about it the museum had a a, a fantastic showing uh a year or so ago on mass but there's a lot of history and culture in that yeah oh oh yeah i mean it's um it's a uh, you know in a lot of ways it's a stunning achievement i yeah i'm not sure if it, it's prevalent in Cherokee culture, but a lot of mass indigenous mass makers around the world would always make the outside that mass be really wonderful. But then on the inside, they would make some sort of private decoration that they only knew about and they only see it was their mystery. Right. And that was the essence of the character. Do they do that with the Cherokee masks? I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Something wow. And yeah. Fascinating. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, artists you know, do a lot of things to inspire themselves. So who are the younger artists coming up? Uh well, you know, there's not a whole lot of them, really. You know, it takes a special person to carry on. But uh like I mentioned, it's Kevin Waddy who who does mask and wood carvings, mm -hmm. uh very inventive, has his own style. Uh as well as um, Lola Swimmer, who I mentioned that does the feather paintings. Uh, it's always interesting to, to see people come in and, and, and some of them will pass it down, you know, and teach their children. So it's a learning, pro constant learning process. <laughs> well, since the, your business has been, has been in business, what, for 50 years, it uh, you, you must work with often with generations, right? How do you keep the generations involved? <laughs> I just, everyone that comes in, I, I find out their story and, and it seems like they're all related. Everyone's <laughs> from one big family. <laughs> there's, well, there's that's, always that's a connection. <laughs> that's sort of like always, all the counties in North Carolina and the Western North Carolina, a little bit like that. <laughs> oh, you're so-and-so's uncle's brother. I, I got you. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to take another break and come back and finish up with, uh, you know, some odds and ends and some things that visitors might like to learn and, uh, and, and uh, shout outs. All right.
Howdy, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast with my guest, Ed Sharp. So, Ed, you know, uh, uh, we're, we too are very passionate about the perpetuation of Appalachian and history and, you know, Cherokee culture at the uh, Meadowlark Smoky Mountain Heritage Center and Resort. And we, you know, we're going to feature several Cherokee-themed programs this year with artists like Davey Arch and Mary uh, Botchenbaugh. And we love your commitment to perpetuating the legacy of these artists, as well as your beloved mother and Tom Underwood. My wife are doing the same thing in Maggie Valley at the motel my parents made famous for half a century, as well as the creation of this heritage center. However, with that passion for the past also comes a responsibility for building uh, the future. So what does the future hold for the Medicine Man craft? Oh, I'm, I'm working every day on, on growing that, you know. Uh, at first, it seemed like a, a big, as you probably felt, a big responsibility to carry on such a uh, legacy, <laughs> you know, in the area. But uh, even before I moved back home, I started uh, a website and started uh, getting some social media together. So since I've been there, uh, I've been growing the business that way, just online. Uh, we have a website where you can uh, order. It's an e-commerce site now, as well as social uh, media channels and that kind of thing. So, yeah, as well as the herbal business, we're, we're growing. Other day, so. Cool. You know, now I would be remiss, be remiss for my kids because, I, you know, I have a I have, even though I've been around for a while, I have three and a half year old twins. And I notice you have a kid section on your website. What's the most popular kids item that, that's crafted? Oh, huh? uh, we've got little mini blow guns and pea shooters that, that they love. <laughs> Sometimes the parents don't love them as much, but uh, yeah, uh, all kinds of things from, uh, you know, traditional little dolls uh, and clothing and uh, tomahawks and all that fun stuff. All that fun stuff? Oh, I remember tomahawks. I remember also coming back, I think, with slingshots from the craft stores back in the day. But I don't know what that, I have no idea that what that did with that related to culture here. <laughs> but they had little leather yeah. things on them, so that, that made them authentic. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. So aside, from, yeah. So so aside from being in business for half a century, and uh, you know, and all your great stable of craftsmen, what sets apart the Medicine Man crops from the other local shops? Well, I think uh, just the the time that it's been there and the relationships we've developed, but our focus really is on local handmade. Uh, stuff and just creating an atmosphere where people can come and really feel the culture and and feel at home you know uh, it's funny we talked about generations of crafters but we also now have generations of visitors you know that come by year after year uh, a lot of people will come in and say man I remember being here as a little kid and, and perusing this this place you know right so it's a joy yeah and you know i i like to you know because you know, you know we're pitching we're talking out to people hopefully that will come visit you know besides your store 
What, what, what else should they visit there? You know, and the museum, of course, everybody should be. What would be a good place, say, for go get some really good food in, uh, near your business? Yeah, there's, there's uh, several family places. There's uh, Paul's Restaurant, uh, which does uh, family traditional meals like trout and fry bread and, and stuff like that. There's a brand new uh, brewery restaurant up the street. Uh, that's doing well and uh, as well as, you know, all the Mexican and Asian and uh, uh, there's a great little local deli called Sassy Sunflower uh, uh -huh. that's doing real well that's run by locals, you know, so. Cool. And uh, is there uh, any other, is there any other entertainment near there that you would recommend people to see? Well, I always point people to the to the drama, you know, unto these hills and to oh, the museum yeah. and and the old uh, O'Connell Lefty Indian Village. It, it's been there uh, to the test of time, and it's very educational and great for people to visit. You know, cool. And you're you're an avid hiker, right? So uh, and photographer. And the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. So you're you're working on the 900 miler certificate certification. Oh yeah, that true? yes, I am. <laughs> we'll see how long it takes me. But <laughs> well, that's going uh, through all the nine. Is that going through all the 900 miles of the trails on the Smoky Mountains? Right? Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. And how long exactly. do you think? It'll take? Well, uh, I think I've covered about 60 percent in the three years I've been here. So. Oh, wow. That gives indication. Of course, I, I left the hardest trails for the last, so it could take me a while. <laughs> so what, uh, what was your, what, so far, what's your favorite uh, hike you've done in the Smoky Mountain National Park? Oh, wow. Mount Leconte is, is something special. You know, there's five different trails that go up there, and they're all just breathtaking, you know. Yeah. So that's wow. that maybe my favorite place to go and it's spring it's about springtime now what's the best place for the wildflowers oh the, the, the park is is full of them you know there's a lot of trails um uh i was just on i'm trying to think of uh i'm losing i'm losing now it's parsons branch maybe or oh, yeah. creek wonderful yeah. place wildflowers i was there a week or so ago and they're already uh popping their little heads out so great you, also, can't go wrong. you can't go wrong right so um what what's your what's your website and social media uh addresses so people know where to reach out to you sure the website is medicine man crafts plural mm -hmm. uh, dot com and uh as i say we have a lot all of our herbals and and crafts are on there. Not everything in the store, of course, uh, but that's our website. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter. Just search, just search for Medicine Man Crafts at those places. On the, all of those. Cool. Yeah. And do you have any? Do you have any personal um, uh, media that you send out, or is it all just related to Medicine Man Crafts? Uh, all related there, pretty much. That's that's okay. my, been my focus. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Um, and um, so, uh, any other shout outs you want to do? 
Oh man, thank you to you for having me. It's a wonderful opportunity. And uh, thanks again uh, to Judy and Faye for uh, being there. I couldn't do it without them. So uh, I'll come visit. All right, great. So um, this is the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. You can find out more about us at uh, facebook.com slash gateway to the Smokies podcast, or you can go to smokiesadventure.com and you'll see a link to all the episodes at the top of the, the menu. Um, we, um, we are involved on a network called talkradio.nyc, which features a lot of uh, live podcasts, of, uh, one of which we are one of, uh, that range from self-help to, uh, to this small business, to travel-centric, to you know, dealing with pets. It, it, it's a vast range, but it's a very interesting network. I appreciate everybody just go out there and check out some of the other uh, programs that are going on. I actually have another program um, called Wise Content Creates Wealth. It is a podcast about uh, modern marketing with content and things like AI and behavioral science and things like that. That happens to be my expertise, uh, which I've you know used to raise the money that's helping revive the Metal Arc Motel and renovate it. Um, and uh, it, that airs on uh, Fridays from uh, uh, noon until one. Uh, and I have some of the top people in the business of digital marketing, especially in content marketing, SEO, AI, behavioral science, things like that come. Um, and I, I want to remind everybody, this podcast is every Tuesday from, um, from uh, six until seven. And I look forward to having you, uh, seeing you next week and listening uh, uh, to what we have to say about the Smoky Mountains and the great place to come visit and live. Thank you very much.